Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So before we get to abortion, and uh, we have uh, been battling ourselves this week to not be the world's most serious radio show, but this is pretty interesting stuff on this hearing they had yesterday. I think you'll find quite amazing a couple of things that were were said um, in the abortion hearing. Boy, Joe, Joe's going to take a swing at me again. I need to take a step back before I mention this. I was hoping your guard was down because a good sucker punch would really be satisfying. I tuned in a little of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. Oh, Lord. Here he goes again. <laughs> I'm way more on your side now. I can't figure out what's going on here. Have all the rules of law been dropped for entertainment purposes? In that trial? That's what it feels like. The judge is thinking, hey, I got a hit show here. Let's yeah. just let her roll. <laughs> Saturday Night Live may have nailed it. The judge just saying, ah, yeah, it's probably not Jermaine, but it's pretty interesting. Go ahead, play the clip. Because um, <laughs> I was just listening, to, and it doesn't matter what it was about, but Amber Heard was being grilled by Johnny Depp's lawyer, and they both had this snotty tone, and it got into this like back and forth that I've never heard in a courtroom before. Where, isn't that what you said, Amber? That's not what I said. It is what you said. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And I thought, I've never it heard... totally is. I've never heard this in a courtroom before. Usually there's some statement of evidence or something. On the December the 7th at 5 p.m., you said blah, blah, blah. But not just, yes, I did. No, you didn't. Well, that's not the way I remember it. Well, that's the way I remember it. I mean, between the lawyer yeah. and the person on the stand... 
It's like the judge is looking over at the jury and saying, this S is unreal, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd been on Amber Heard's side. I got more about that later, but I'd been on Amber Heard's side. But, man, her snotty tone yesterday was hard to take. Very snotty. Oof. Anyway. I, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. I read that most of the Internet is on Team Johnny Depp. I oh, by could far. Not, I could not give a damn, and uh, I don't you get how pick you a team, can be Joe, on you got to pick a team. You can't be agnostic. I ain't. You can't make me. Um, so I don't even know what this hearing was for yesterday, this abortion hearing. Do you know what the point of it was? I honestly don't. I was unaware yeah. of it until I saw the clip surface. Doesn't really make any difference. I think um, that the Democrats uh, who are in charge of the House just wanted hearings publicly where they were bravely defending the, the right to abort a fetus. Well, and a couple of different experts that were called up there, and the Republicans gave them some pretty basic questions, and the answers were quite extraordinary in both of them. Do you know which clips I'm talking about there, Michael? Because I actually don't have the list number in front of me. Oh, sorry. I got that sound sheet right here. Uh, you got to get you a copy. Stand by. It won't open. On, won't oh, open there we go. Reason. Yeah, why don't we, let's just lead off with uh, 28 there, Michael. What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Um, do do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions yes wow so there you go Um, you got to love the headline I wish I had it right in front of me but uh, scientists found the tooth of a hominid who'd lived you know whatever it was a million years ago and they can tell that it was a girl a young girl Uh, a million year old tooth they can figure out whether it's a guy or a girl, but you can't because you're not a biologist. <laughs> These people are being described in town hall anyway as pro-abortion activists that were being questioned by the Republicans. But um, it is definitely not the same old, same old Roe versus Wade, woman's right to choose conversation that's been going on for the last 49 years or whatever it is, um, because that question was not being asked in the 70s or the 80s, or the 90s, or the 2000s, or even like two years ago. (laughs) But now, nobody can answer the question simply of man or woman, or can a guy get pregnant or whatever. Let's hear the other one. You're not going to answer this question, but how about this one? How does one qualify as fully human? What makes a human being? What makes a person a human being is them being born, number one. That's why we have birthdays. So there you go. That's why we have birthdays. So the day before you are birthed, you are not a human, and she reserves the right to chop you up. Right. And the percentage of America that agrees with that take is about 2%. So I don't know what the Democrats think they're doing there. Are they are they unaware of the 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 Pew and Gallup numbers on this? You are way outside the mainstream of your own party. You're talking to practically no one with this whole abortion for any reason up to the day of birth. Do you realize it? And also the whole men can get pregnant and have abortions thing. There ain't a whole lot of people on on doing talking about that either. Yeah, it feels like they're really quadrupling down on the hardcore base um, in, in a way that they're counting on most of Americans not hearing about. I mean, in the same way that, like, I follow golf news, um, the average sports fan doesn't see what I see because I'm super into it. Right. Um, and so you, you could, quote, unquote, get away with it. I think that's the strategy. 
here. But, I mean, the idea that the day before a child is born, you can just dispatch it because it's not a human. Nobody thinks that. Nobody. And yet the person called to testify in front of Congress thinks that. Good Lord. And I love the first gal, too. Do you think men can be pregnant? And she, you could hear the, the, the wheels turning in her head, her thinking, oh, Lord. Right. This is absurd, but I know I have to say this. Um, yes. Yes, <laughs> men can get abortions. So men can get abortions? Yes. Okay. Uh, have you in the last week or two stated that men should have no say in abortion law? Yes. <laughs> I mean, the absurdity. Oy. Did you get excited yesterday when you found out that men's and women's soccer were going to be paid play, uh, paid the same amount of money? Yes. Well, that doesn't really make sense, does it? Why do we have men's and women's soccer? Play play the first part again. I love the long pause because you know she's working through the nonsense which she has been taught she must parrot. What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. Got this intriguing note from the always fascinating JT in Livermore. Uh, is it tribal signaling or is the Democratic Party literally a party of insane people? <laughs> We've explained, uh, you guys have explained, how political actors often say extreme things as a way to signal party fidelity to the base. Sure. Right. I mean, if, if you say on the Republican side, for instance, if you say, boy, there seem to be some, uh, some laws and trends that threaten the uh, fidelity of the vote, people will say, oh, I wonder, that person probably leans a little bit right because they're for ballot security. If you say, stop the steal, Everybody knows immediately you're on the right, you're a Trump fan. So you got to go extreme to make it clear. Uh, The implication was that these extreme statements are not necessarily a true reflection of the political person's belief, but rather a diabolic communication tool to signal the anti-squishiness of said political actor. Well put, my friend. But on Wednesday's show, Jack claimed that Rolling Stone and Twitter blue check marks at all really truly did believe extremist positions such as the Buffalo shooter isn't a lone wolf, he's a mainstream Republican. Well, which is it? Are progressive activists and politicians signaling to their tribe, or are tens of millions of progressives actually insane enough to believe that the GOP mainstream is a bunch of homicidal racists? The former is unconscionable, but the latter indicates the largest and most dangerous mass psychosis since the Third Reich. Uh, The answer, JT, to your question is yes. (laughs) Yes. It's the story of every political movement in history. Right. You have those who understand how to manipulate the halfwit, and then you have the halfwits, who number in the many of many millions, who are burning, yearning, thirsting for a Messiah to give them an oversimplified answer that also, and I keep this quote around because it's so good. If you can furnish that simple explanation of everything that says you're always right and, as Huxley put it, the surest way to work up a crusade in favor of some good cause is to promise people that they will have a chance of maltreating someone, to be able to destroy with good conscience, to be able to behave badly and call your bad behavior righteous indignation. This is the height of psychological luxury, the most delicious of moral treats.
Well, that's the sort of thing Jordan Peterson talks about all the time, that all human beings have that in them. That That is something everybody should be aware of. I mean, that's what that awful, awful Taylor Lorenz, who we were talking about, formerly in the New York Times, now the Washington Post, that's what she does. She viciously attacks normal people, but she cloaks it in righteous indignation because they said something on Twitter that she thinks is politically incorrect. Some realtor, some school teacher, some powerless Uber driver. She delights in bringing them to their knees and bloodying them. Straight out of Huxley. Yeah, to the question, are they cynical or um, delusional, uh, I think it depends on who you're talking about. I don't think Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi think the average mainstream Republican is, uh, you know, a racist murderer. But I could certainly believe that the young staff at Rolling Stone believes that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're the... uh they're the cultists. They believe every bit of it, and they pump money into the coffers of whoever feeds them that sort of rhetoric. So, I mean, it's it's a for-profit business, folks. Never forget that. Speaking of the true, true things you should never forget, politics is a for-profit business. God, I'd say. There are so many people making zillions of dollars. Do you think the the fact that D.C. is ringed with like seven of the ten most expensive zip codes in America is a coincidence or because it's uh, it's because of Washington, D.C.'s rich history of manufacturing and finance. No, it's because it's a freaking cesspool of theft in politics. Bingo. Thank you, you, Mr. President. Do you believe men can become pregnant and have abortions? And the answer is yes. Certainly not, he answers, without a second's hesitation. That's where we are now. Oh, my God. More on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. And did you hear about this? According to TGI Fridays, we've all been eating burgers the wrong way. They say, yeah, they say that we should be eating them upside down so that the thicker top bun soaks up the juices and stops the burger from falling apart. I don't need TGI Fridays bun-splaining burgers (laughs) to me. Okay? This is, we're being bunsplained. You're like, I'm in TGI Fridays. This is already a cry for help. Right, yeah, right? Wow. Elitist. Well, he's a fat guy, so he can make those kind of jokes, but... uh, Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him in person. I'll bet if you saw him in person, you'd think he's like five pounds overweight. The camera is cruel. If at all. Um, uh, Is that true? Uh, that burgers are meant to be... I mean, they, they sit the way they sit because I think they sit better on the plate with the flat bun on the bottom. Clearly, yeah. I've actually uh, upended a burger on occasion. Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't know. Eat it however you want. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I love hamburgers. Anyway, so a couple of things. Oh, you remember the... Uh, you, hear, you hear about this COVID thing? Apparently, it's some sort of disease. Uh, apparently, it's still around. Cases are increasing. 
Um, the good news is we have probably about 95% population immunity from people who've been vaccinated or naturally infected or both. So what you're seeing is, although you're seeing case numbers increase, what you're not seeing is, is much of an increase in hospitalization, a little increase in hospitalization, but virtually no increase in deaths, which is what you would expect. That is uh, Dr. Paul Offit, who's on TV, so he must be right. Uh, yeah, hospitalizations are up to some extent, but uh, due to the incredible contagiousness of this Omicron AB3-C, Omaha, Omaha, whatever it is, um, you know, everybody who checks into the hospital, not everybody, but a third of the people who check into the hospital for, you know, hangnails or, or eyebrow pain or whatever, they've got COVID. So they, you know, they count toward those numbers. But uh, deaths continue to drop. They are barely over 300 uh, per day nationally now that's still very very sad if you know that's the, your family member your loved one your friend uh, but the numbers are are negligible at best i was watching abc news last night and they did the report on the approval of another vaccine for kids i don't pay attention to this because my kids aren't vaccinated and i'm not going to get them vaccinated uh, so i don't even pay attention to those stories but they did the story the way they always do it good news for parents uh, kids ages 5 to 11 could get the booster shot now as approved by blah 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 and then they had a couple man on the street interviews this was actually a woman on the street oh i'm gonna i'm calling right away to get in line they didn't they they averaged the vast minority the person on the street they they heard from you didn't talk to the almost 80% of americans who aren't getting those shots for the kids so they talked to a couple of people on the street who were so excited about the shots being available for their children i heard somewhere else 23% of americans have gotten the shots for their kids so far so the booster doesn't really matter for Three quarters of Americans, because they mm-hmm. haven't gotten the shots to start with. Why do we do that? Why does the media and the government treat those, these vaccines like everybody's waiting breathlessly for them? It seems like an interesting story to me, and maybe you think it's a good idea. That's fine. That's a different thing. But wouldn't it be an inter- a more interesting story to say, hey, these vaccines are available, but three quarters of Americans aren't getting them? You'd think, but that would uh, that would break your vows as a member of the COVID is serious, Trump was wrong, cult. Oh, okay. Um, that's, I mean, that's it. That's, that's the explanation. All 75% of parents have decided not to get their kids vaccinated. Oh, I know it. And the New York Times even is reporting that uh, there is practically zero uh, preventative uh, power to the vaccines for kids. They'll get the COVID. It does a very nice job, just like in adults, of preventing a serious case or hospitalization. But number one, they never break down. They talk about the kids being hospitalized. They never break it down by underlying serious health condition, uh, immunocompromised status, that sort of thing. And they never mention that, okay, so your kid got COVID. The chances of them having to go to the hospital are one in a million. You get the vaccine, it's one in five million. Now, maybe you think that's a good thing and worth the very modest risks of the vaccine, but three quarters of Americans don't. So you'd think somebody, to Jack's point, would would want to cover that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of the vid, uh, there was a big article in was that the, the Times? I can't remember about the difference. Yeah, the difference between the United States and uh, and Australia in the outcomes from COVID, and uh, and and they say, well, there's a lack of trust in the United States, a lack of trust in each other, a lack of trust in the government, all sown by right wing lunatics. Well, a number of our Australian listeners um, or folks who have extensive knowledge of Australia have weighed in on, well, that ain't the whole story. I think you may find their perspective interesting. 
Okay, cool. And did the Me Too era end already and we didn't notice it? Yeah. New York Times says so. Armstrong and... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, New York Times opinion piece, uh, the Me Too movement is over. And their example's pretty good. So, stay tuned for that. Didn't last so, long, did it? Do I get to grope a coworker or what? What does that mean exactly? Uh, I guess I'll stay tuned. Yeah, why don't you just stay tuned? All right. Uh, breaking consumer news. Breaking consumer news. No donkey needed. U.S. home prices hit new record in April. Median price. This is a national figure, which is of extremely limited usefulness. But the uh, median price for existing homes uh, grew to its highest level ever. However, the story behind the story, uh, sales dropped. Uh, let's see how much. Existing home sales 
sales fell two and a half percent in April. Uh, obviously, inflation, uh, higher interest rates, etc. Um, uh, go ahead. I'm trying to figure out how a national real estate number <clears throat> I can apply anyway in my life. <laughs> it's just, well, no, it's 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 just a sign in general of the way things are moving. In different markets, move at different speeds because in, in the way ways. real estate is. The other side of town real estate numbers don't matter to me. Right, right. Let uh, alone I, national numbers. I, I am not a real estate expert. I am an avid amateur. I've uh, had professional dealings in the uh, industry. I will tell you this. And this is just me. And you take this with a grain of salt and ask a dozen other people. If I were shopping for a house, I would hold off six months to see what happens. Everybody with a house on the market right now is saying, would you shut up? Shut up! Uh, but uh, that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, well, do what you want to do. That's what I am doing. Yeah. So uh, we talked about the piece in the New York Times the other day about how you, the U.S. has done so much miserably worse than Australia in terms of COVID deaths. And they, the, the point really, as usual with the New York Times, not always, because they do some wonderful reporting, but as often it was just wildly biased. And it was Trump and right-wing lunatics have caused uh, doubt in the vaccines and the rest of it. And there's some truth to that, absolutely. But um, they conveniently leave out all sorts of stuff, uh, like Kamala and Joe Biden. We have uh, clips of both of them, n- hilarious new tapes coming up in just a minute, by the way. Uh, you know, saying, I'm not trusting any Trump vaccine to get their people out to the poll. They conveniently leave out Fauci having a specific interest in denying uh, a certain origin stories of the vaccine. Uh, I represent science. I don't really think you do. Um, Of the origin of the virus, I should say. Just all of the reasons for the mistrust in in the U.S. But a couple of people weighed in uh, talking about uh, Australia versus the U.S. and the outcomes and some of the other, um, you know, uh, what would you call it, Um, uh, variables that a good scientist would tease out if they were actually trying to compare the two countries. And uh, Jeff points out, guys, when comparing places, keep it in mind. Keep in mind, the population of Australia is 11 million less than the population of California. Hmm. Sizes make it hard, really hard, to keep apples and oranges separate. True. In terms of everybody rallying together and doing the right thing for each other. Everybody knows, whether because you've observed it, you're a statistician, or you just know it instinctively, the bigger the group, the harder it is to get that going. Also, when we were doing that story, I was uh, wondering about, they had some crazy protests in Australia at various times. I mean, like really violent protests. Yeah, and horrific, harsh crackdowns that caused all sorts of other medical problems, psychological problems, etc. So it was not all... uh, all, uh, uh, fosters and shrimp on the barbie, if you will. Uh, then this note from Tom in Australia. Uh, bye-bye. You guys asked for feedback. Uh, I, I'll try to keep the commentary neutral. Yes, Australia is a largely homogenous culture based on the U.K. mostly, its culture and laws, and the European countries. Emigration to Australia is seen as a luxury, not a right. So like Canada, we don't just take in anyone who makes it across the border. That policy's effect helps assimilate people from different countries who share aspects of the same culture, if not the skin color. Culture does not equal skin color, nor vice versa. How of many course. people 
think of Australia as racist or Canada as racist. Every time there's something lefties don't like in America, they they threaten to move to Canada. They're way more careful about who they let into their country than we've ever come close to being. Mm -hmm. He also makes the point, Australia is a very urbanized country. 40% of the population lives in Sydney and Melbourne, and 66% live in a state capital city. Didn't know that. There are also only 25 million people here. Um, so it's actually like 15 million less than California. They also regularly see kangaroos driving down the road. There are kangaroos driving down the road? A poorly worded sentence. While you're driving down the road, you see kangaroos. Oh, I see. Uh, 85% of the population lives within 30 miles of the coast in a country roughly equivalent in size to the lower 48. There are long-term problems with that situation, but the effect with COVID was that most patients were concentrated in specific areas, which then overwhelmed or threatened to overwhelm the government-controlled hospitals in that area. And most people could see that happening in real time. So... It was always in your town, and your doctor next door was telling you about it. So, yes, in a very localized area, people were saying, okay, we've got to crack down temporarily. We'll all wear masks. We'll shut down businesses. The reason everybody cooperated so fully in it was that everybody saw, yep, it's happening. It's true. As opposed to the folks in rural Montana being told you have to shut down your restaurant. Right, And them saying, uh, that's how I make my living, that's how, how all my employees make their living. And, and being told by people in capital cities, we don't care, shut down. Right, and the person is saying, I don't know a single person with COVID. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I mean, even in uh, within the state of Cal Unicornia, where the show is based, there are vast differences between the population densities of downtown Los Angeles and the rural counties of the east part of the state, where you can go a day without seeing a human if you don't want to see one. Anyway, uh, moving along. uh, Yeah, okay, that makes that point pretty well. Uh, Number three, Australians generally trust their governments at any level to do the right thing. I'm not sure why, but maybe it's because the government employees unions here aren't as powerful as in the U.S., the outcome of three generations worth of collective bargaining of taxpayer dollars hasn't thoroughly corrupted the system as yet. Yeah, that's not what turned us. It was uh, Vietnam and Watergate. That's what changed America. Because you go back and look at the the numbers in the United States, our trust for our government was sky high until Vietnam War and Watergate. And we've never gone back. Yeah, war in Iraq didn't help either, um, among other things. Oh, did you see George Bush accidentally say Iraq yesterday? I did, yeah. Oh, man. He was talking about brutal and unjustified invasions of other countries. For instance, Iraq, when he meant Ukraine. Then he said, oh, Ukraine. Then he said, "Uh, well, 75. He pointed to himself as in, I'm 75 years old. Wow, what a Freudian slip, though. Old, old G-Dub who's been out of office how long now? Is... Younger than Biden, substantially. He wow. Well, Clinton wow. is too, George, right? George Bush, who was elected in two thousand, is still younger than Biden. Is that right? Well, so, that. so is Clinton, right? Yeah, and Obama. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. And then Tom says, and I'm not sure this is entirely relevant, but I like interesting thoughts, and this is an interesting thought. America was formed in a revolutionary fashion, and her system of governance is seen as an adversarial relationship between the people and the government. True that. Australia is evolutionary, moving from penal colonies to crown colonies to a federation of states, then to an independent country. Government interventions in private lives are more accepted here. That might just be cultural. 
Um, so interesting, uh, interesting points, one and all. But tomorrow uh, we'll a- do New Zealand. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, I promised it, and I, I, I believe fervently in keeping my promises. A couple of uh, uh, sound bites of interest you might enjoy. You know, ironically, I think we got to start with the president and work up to the vice president. Wow. Um, even though I haven't heard these sound bites, I'm just told they're they're pretty promising. Give us uh, Joe Biden trying to pronounce a certain uh, agency. Uh, that would be, I'm sorry, Michael, that's 26. And to celebrate the indispensable partnerships that are strengthening by the deep family ties and heritage and the values reflected in the AANH. P.I. I, 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 I. <laughs> Turned it into a community here in the United States. As they say in Claymont Deller, all use guys. Turned it into a laugh. Good catch. Yeah, Good he save. did. And, and you know, it's funny. Halfway through that, I thought, we are forcing an elderly, elderly man to read aloud on a weekly basis. And then judging him for it. How does he? He never has. Of course, I've never seen nobody him reading made glasses. him run for president. True. Have you ever seen him in reading glasses? I have not. No. Of course, he's reading off a teleprompter. Yeah. So, but you wouldn't. He, need sometimes him. he has paper in his hand. I mean, hmm, maybe his eyes are just good. Yeah, I wonder. Had a bad calf care. Uh, and then, ladies and gentlemen, she's one heartbeat away, one feeble old heartbeat away from the presidency. God help us, Ms. Kamala Harris. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on. Oh, my. But that that sounds like she was reading. That couldn't have been written, though. Was that her ad-libbing? No, it was her her ad libbing. Yeah. She's the worst ad libber ever. Hmm. hmm. She's the worst. She's, she's in the top tier. I'll grant you that. Of public figures, who ad libs worse than her? Who's had you know? Who's in a situation where they have to regularly? And she always goes with the same thing, where where she kind of like just repeats a phrase multiple times in with different inflections. <laughs> You know, I, that, that was so grand, I almost want to hear it again. Like it's Michael. a new part of the sentence. She'll say the same phrase with a different right. inflection, like it's now different words. Yeah, how many inflections does she use on the phrase work together? Let's count. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on. Nope. Wow. Four or five. Wow. Uh, By the way, Michael, I was thinking this the other day. Uh, I will let you know if you ever play the the time for us to do. (laughs) I will let you know if you ever play that too much. I would guess that you have a leeway of about 500 more times before it's even a chance. And that time is every day. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, She's hilarious. She's a random word generator. Um, But with a vocabulary of like 12 different words. 
So uh, is is hashtag me too over? And did and why did Jerry Seinfeld come in for a kicking in all of this? Uh, all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. We rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've only missed eight days in 50 years, which is phenomenal. I've counted every Big Mac I've eaten my whole life. All through life here, a lot of people said, well, aren't you going to, you'll be dead before you reach 50 years of eating Big Macs. I guess I proved them wrong. 
So that's a guy, I think I remember when he hit 40 years and we talked about it. A guy who's eating a Big Mac every day, except for a couple, for 50 years now. What's your immediate emotional reaction to that story and that soundbite? Um, I'm not proud of it, but I think I assume he's kind of a dullard, but there's no reason that's actually true, I suppose. Well, I, I will just tell you my emotional reaction was kind of just being a little sad. I feel like that's kind of a guy who's hung his identity on ingesting a questionable hamburger every day. <laughs> And he is probably as proud of that as anything he's ever done. Mm, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to judge him. He's an everyman. I'm not going to be Taylor Lorenz seeking out a normal everyday person and brutalizing them for having a funny, you know, hobby. You know as well as I do, having raised kids and being around kids, there's a lot of different kind of people, and different people got to get their kicks different ways. It's uh, Sure. Takes all kinds, right? It does. So okay, somehow, here I got a I got a for instance for you very very quick. Can you imagine you're part of an organization and you stand up at a meeting and you say I'm leaving this organization because there's too much violence and they all shout no there's not and beat you senseless. Well, that's Elon Musk's <laughs> recent experience tweeting about why he's leaving the Democratic Party. Stay with us. Oh boy. How much time have I got Michael cuz I want to make sure I I got quite the got the thing planned here so how much time do I have? Four minutes. Okay, I can do it. So I came across some Jerry Seinfeld quotes yesterday, just kind of randomly on Twitter. So I'll hit you with a couple of those because I just thought they were interesting. He uh, tweeted, I turned 60 this year, and people around that age make it a bucket list. Well, I made a bucket list, but I turned the B to an F and was done with it. If you want to kite surf down the Amazon, go ahead. But I'm going to crack open a beer and watch a ball game. When I think of retirement, all I think of is going to a baseball game every day. I thought that nice. was interesting. Yeah. You want to... You want to kayak or kite surf down the Amazon? Go ahead. I'm going to go to a baseball game every day. <laughs> he also said, uh, keep your head up in failure and your head down during success. That's pretty good. That is a winner. Yeah. But the reason these quotes were on there, it was the anniversary uh, 24 years ago today, 1998, that the final episode of Seinfeld aired on NBC. So, okay, kind of interesting. Nine years, we, it was the number one show in America, blah, 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 blah. Which led to a bunch of responses where people started, because, you know, the Internet and Twitter in particular is cruel and mean and has to turn everything even kind of nice into something awful. But there were a number of people jumping on the fact, and I barely remembered this, that Jerry Seinfeld, back when he was in his 30s, because he was famously single at the height of his fame, started dating this girl who was 18. Actually, he started dating her when she was 17, and she turned 18 still in high school, and he was dating her. Like yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, a whole bunch of people just tweeting, "Hey, uh, let's not all forget that Jerry Seinfeld was dating a high school girl, and nobody seemed to care." But it's just interesting, uh, and people referencing he would have never been able to get away with that today. Hashtag Me Too. You couldn't have been a nearly forty-year-old guy dating somebody even when she was eighteen, still in high school. I think it would have ruined. I don't think he'd have been able to be the number one hit show and tell. He'd have been hounded on that constantly. Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't, I don't know. But certainly at the height of hashtag me too, he couldn't have done it. Because do you remember the 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 Salem witch trial like frenzy that was going on a couple of years ago where anybody famous you'd ever heard of in your life had ever asked a woman out after work at the, you know, 
at the TGI Fridays where people were having beers lost their jobs over that. Even if it was an underling asking out a supervisor and and accusation equaled guilt, you have to believe the women. Which leads to, yeah, believe all women. That's what led to the whole Kavanaugh craziness and a whole bunch of different things. That's why the New York Times had an opinion piece that I thought was pretty good on Amber Heard and the death of hashtag me too on how now you have a woman with some pretty solidly credible claims. Even if you don't think, you know, if even if you're not on her side overall in the case, her claims are way more credible than a lot of the stuff that happened during hashtag me too and people lost their careers or their reputations. And the world is once again siding with the rich, handsome movie star guy over the crazy, clingy woman. And uh, the reasoning in that I thought was pretty good. If she's telling the truth, said the New York Times, one has to marvel at how thoroughly Depp and his team have sullied her name. If if she's not a psychopath, she's the, causa- the causality of a truly sadistic reputational hit job. The death of Me Too, this is the sort of thing that Bill Cosby that was able to do, the sort right. of thing that Bill Clinton was able to do, the sort of thing that Harvey Weinstein was able to do for decades when these women would come forward. They'd turn them into crazy people that the country then turned against. If you... Accuse me publicly, I will drag your reputation through the mud and end your career, was the threat made many, many times. And that's what is happening here. No matter who's telling the truth and who's lying, and for the record, I think they're both cuckoo nuts. I wonder if it is actually, and maybe for a good reason, the end of hashtag me too. Believe all women, clearly the country's not, because the country's absolutely overwhelmingly on the side of Johnny Depp in this. So I get to say, oh man, those jeans are working for you today. Again? <laughs> You can go back to that sort of thing? Yes, you can say that in the workplace now. Great. Armstrong and Getty. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.